Hello and welcome to the Energy Live News podcast. In this episode, ELN editor Sumit Bose talks with ABB director Ian Funnell about the changing energy sector, the role of smart technologies and more. Ian, thank you for joining me on Talking Energy. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself because someone told me that you've had a bit of a, shall we say, repetitive career? <laughs> I wonder who that could be. Well, <laughs> so, so I, uh, I started uh, in the utility industry with what was then the North of Scotland Hydroelectric Board, now SSE, and I joined ABB in the late 1990s. I went back to SSE and then I returned back to ABB. So I have had a little bit of a boomerang career, you might say. Tell me about why energy in the first place. So I assume you were an engineer, were you? Is that your background? Yes, I was, yes. I mean, I enjoyed things like physics at school. I was always yeah. intrigued by that. And I graduated in Aberdeen University and I did engineering science. I was not one of these guys who wanted to do electrical engineering. I wanted to try all my options first and, and see what uh, civil engineering looked like and fluid dynamics. And I selected electrical engineering and then I, I joined um, the utilities immediately after that. Why utilities though? Because you could have got a job in research or academia or going on to a different kind of engineering. Was there anything about energy or was it just simply a job? You know, when you're young you think, I'll take any job and that's quite well, secure. Well, interesting. It was, it was uh, at the time, so this is the late 70s in, in, in Aberdeen, all my contemporaries, pretty much all my contemporaries went to oil and gas. Of course, yeah. And, and I didn't. I chose, I, I didn't want to do what everybody else was doing. And I, 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 just, I f just felt that electrical engineering was, was, was for me. So that's why I joined the utility at the time. And I thought that was a, a really, really good start. And I was proved to be correct. It was, it was a very exciting time, particularly the way that Aberdeen was developing yeah. as a city, huge amount of infrastructure being built there. Would you say that, uh, you know, looking back from those early days, did you ever think you'd still be in energy nearly sort of 40 odd years on? Uh, yes, I think I did. There, there, there was always a few times through my career where I thought, well, maybe I should depart into something else. But, but I, I, I liked engineering. I, I liked energy in particular. I just thought it was one of these things that was so fundamental mm. to society almost. Well, what did you like about it? it it's at the, just a huge variety and, and at, at the time I was involved in uh, transmission, distribution of energy, um, small hydros, diesel engines, these sorts of things. Anything that actually generated or distributed or transmitted energy. And it was such a varied career. It was well, never bored in, in, in any sense of the word. So I, I just felt it was one of these things that just, uh, it was engaging uh, and I never really got to a stage where I thought, I don't want to do this. Do you think the funny thing about energy, and we've, as I said, we've been doing it for sort of eight years now, is the, it's got this kind of duality. It's irrelevant, it's so relevant. Without power, we, we frankly can't function. And yet also it's completely ignored, you know? People will say, oh, I haven't got my phone or, you know, bank's not working or my car's not working. They never really talk about that. Did you find that really weird, especially in a time where people were not energy conscious? You know, no one gave a damn about energy in the 70s or 80s, did they, really? It wasn't a, a topic. Environmentalism wasn't what it is now. Did you find that, that, that interesting, that sort of side of it, that it's vital but kind of ignored? Yes, I think if you, if you look at where energy used to be, people were more energy conscious in many respects. Than, than, they were, than they are today. Energy was, was per unit uh, rather more expensive then than, 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 than now. You didn't have energy efficiency in, in any shape or form. So uh, when, I, when I was a kid, I always used to be you know, taught to turn the lights off when, of when, when, when you leave a room. 
You know, yeah. the, the, these days, you, you know, you, you don't get that in, in, in exactly the same way. So energies went, went through a, a sort of, certainly in the 80s and 90s, went through a sort of mini revolution, I suppose. Uh, and energy became relatively cheaper. And after privatization of the energy sector, of course, that really started to transform uh, the energy sector. So it went through a mini revolution at the, at the time. Now, I think that revolution is, is much more obvious to everybody. Let's move on to where we are now. Um, what does ABB do? For the audience out there who probably may know your name or may not know your name, tell us a little bit, a potted history of what ABB is, how big it is and what it does. Well, ABB is a, what I call a global technology company. We, we are headquartered in Switzerland. We have around 135,000 people worldwide. We trade in 100 different countries. And we really do two things. We, we, we do everything from, uh, on an automation point of view, from natural resources all the way through to finished goods. And from an energy point of view specifically, it's almost everything from really any source of generation to any point of consumption. And all the plant and equipment in between that. It's a vast portfolio. And my responsibility in the UK is to really um, promote that portfolio through all customer sectors within the UK. But we're really a business-to-business -business company. And a bit like your, your, your comment on energy, it is, can sometimes be invisible because we are business-to-business. -business. So it's behind the doors, it's above the, the ceilings, behind the walls, under the floors. That's the sort of place where you typically find a lot of ABB equipment. Would you say that you're, you're a kit maker? Is that what you are? ABB's been on the go for 125 years, ju just over. And we started as a copper and iron company, literally a copper and iron company. We made motors, we made generators, we made transformers and, and big, heavy pieces of equipment. And I think over that period of time, we have transformed ourselves into more a systems business and now particularly uh, into a solutions business and particularly digital solutions. So looking at, we still make plant and equipment, of course, but applying those pieces of plant and equipment into a solution for customers, and typically industrial, utility, or transport and infrastructure customers. Let's talk about the energy sector as it is today. So uh, the energy sort of, I suppose, two big spurts that changed energy was obviously the privatization at the end of the Thatcher government, uh, late 80s. And I would say uh, EMR, electricity market reform that happened in sort of 20, sort of 10-ish, 2011. Do you think energy is now on a completely different shift from the day where we used to think, I don't really care where it comes from, it's a big power station, sends it down the line and I turn the switch on, to much more diffuse, much more kind of ethereal the way energy is now and how it is used in our lives. Have you, as a man who's been in this industry for nearly sort of, as you say, 40 years, have you seen this big change is actually happening now? Yes, absolutely. And, and, and I think and that's one of the exciting parts of the energy uh, equation now. It, the, the, the change and the transformation is more rapid now than it has ever been. At any time in your career? At any time, at, at, without exception. I think you know, privatization, there was, a, there was a large step change in the way that people view, particularly those in the industry, viewed the industry itself and how it had to be organized. And I think the EMR, as you say, had, had again an, another large step change approach. But the approach now and the, and the conditions in which we find ourselves now, it's a period of rapid and continuous change. 
And if you look at the, the, the deployment of um, renewables, for example, and the way in which uh, the, the old regime of power station to plug point um, has simply evaporated. And I think the whole system is so much more complex now than ever before. So those who are in there wanting to generate or transmit or distribute or manage energy systems are finding it rather more exciting, perhaps, than the passive systems of old. Are they not finding it more challenging as well? Do you well, they are, they, they are finding it more <clears throat> challenging. But I think, you know, if you look at the technology development through, mm. through that period of time, technology exists that enables that to happen. But for me, this is one of the most exciting times in the industry. And to be honest, I wish I was 20 years younger. <laughs> when you look at um, the, the change, how would you sum up? What do you think is the biggest driver? Because some would say even five, six years ago, it was a big kind of, we want to go low carbon because it's good for the environment. I think that's slightly died down in my personal view. What, what do you think is the, the driver for this revolutionary change? I, th I think you can't ignore the carbon equation. I think that, that, that clearly is part of a low carbon economy. Um, but, but if you look at the way in which energy is consumed or energy is generated and then consumed, you look at the amount of energy that is lost in, in the supply chain from natural resource all the way through to consumption, around 80% of that disappears before it gets consumed. And that's lost in having to build power stations, it's lost in uh, efficiency of uh, coal-fired power stations, gas power stations, nuclear power stations. So that, that whole equation is, is, is something that really needs to be tackled. So it, it is about what do we need to do in order to make that whole supply chain more energy efficient. So, so that, that's the generation piece. But then you've got the consumption piece as well. The, there's the drive to save energy. If, 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 if one can save energy, one doesn't therefore need to generate it. And the more you can do in that piece, the better. I mean, I mentioned earlier that ABB makes, makes motors. So we make energy efficiency motors. We're the, one of the largest, the largest motor manufacturer in the world. Uh, and last year, our high efficiency motors from ABB alone uh, was, was, was the saving, the energy saving was equivalent to uh, the entire domestic consumption in the US just from an energy saving perspective. Now that's equivalent to reducing CO2 emissions in a hundred million vehicles. Now that's the sort of change that can make a huge difference to the way in which we think about and, energy. And is that, do you think, driven by <clears throat> government policies or is that driven by the market? Because you could say, well, if you're going to get rid of all the big baseload power generation, it's inevitable that people go, well, I can't get the power, maybe I should be more efficient. Or do you think smaller tech companies have come in and gone, hang on a second, let's make your stuff more efficient, and people are going, well, do I do need, do I do need this big sort of stuff? Do you see what I'm trying to say? Absolutely. That there's, there's, a, there's one, one one could say it's a big governmental push, but some people say it's actually a technological push that's doing it the other way about driving efficiency. If you go back just a few years, I, mm -hmm. I think I would have said, yes, it's, it's much more coming from government um, or desires of government. But, you know, the carbon equation really hasn't taken off, in my view, in the way in which I think any, any, everybody expected it. Might. Absolutely. No CCGT, so, things like that hasn't exactly. happened. So, so all, 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 that, all that really hasn't delivered in, in the way that it might have done if, if, you know, when this started perhaps 10 years ago or so. So I think, I think that, that, that was the sort of governmental push, uh, global governments. It's not just you know, individual countries doing it. 
But I think now that 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 balance is, is is getting much closer now. You've got smaller tech companies in there who have got much more uh, innovative solutions to the way in which energy can be uh, procured, uh, traded, um, and 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 those those sort of companies are 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 are, are s sprouting up all over the place at the moment. Um, and we, we've, we've been talking to, to a few of these and I have to say their models are extremely interesting and very, very innovative. And I think you can almost view them as a, a sort of Uber type. Uh, yeah. Uh, disruptors. They are disruptors in, in, in their own way uh, mm. and, and they are organisations and can be organisations who will deal in energy, trade in energy, sell you energy, but they actually don't own anything. And that's sort of the Uber model. But there are others out there who, who do own uh, or will own assets. And I think it'll be interesting to see how those commercial models develop because those commercial models, I think, are the, are the drivers that will change the way in which we consume energy, perhaps, and trade in energy much more quickly than any government policy. Would it be fair to say that your customers used to be the big suppliers, the people making those assets? And if so, who will your customers be as we change? The, the majority of our customers are those ones that, that for sure, use, own, uh, generate uh, and, and consume energy. Uh, they, they still exist, for sure, absolutely they do. But there are, there are more and more customers who are looking at what I would call grid-edge technologies. What do you mean so, by that? Uh, customers who perhaps will uh, develop a, an off-grid solution which perhaps might include a renewable of some sort. It could be wind, it could be solar, uh, it could be CHP, uh, it could be battery energy storage, uh, in any confined and either connected or unconnected mm. um, uh, small grid. The, the phrase behind the meters, I've got it all myself. All yeah. behind the meter. Yeah. And, 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 and they may be supplying uh, small locations, they may be supplying quite large locations. But they, they are looking at, a, at, at something that is slightly off-grid. It might be loosely connected to the grid, but it is largely off-grid. And the control of these multi-vector energy systems, where you are looking at gas, heat and electricity, um, are, are, are areas of technological development, for us at least, to provide control systems to enable that to happen. So you don't think this would negate what you do? If you know, if you've been in this expertise of big energy and big, you know, equipment and efficiency, as we become more distributed, is there still a market for you? Absolutely, and then I th this is our core business. I mean, I would say that as well as making plant and equipment to enable that to happen, we're also making control systems and digital solutions for the new types of businesses that are going to emerge. So I would view this as absolutely core business. You talk about digital solutions. Are you talking about software then? Software, yes, I'm talking about the use of data, I'm talking about software. We, we, have, we have a large number. So how, hang on, how does a company that is, you know, as you say, an engineering company, suddenly transitioning into a company that's a bit like a Google or an Apple where you've got kind of data scientists working, do, do the two work together? Can it work together? Yes, absolutely. And I, I wouldn't call ourselves a Google or an Apple. We're not, no, no, I, we're I'm not quite that sophisticated. But, but, but you see what I mean? You're, you're changing, aren't you, from being engineers to being kind of data scientists. Yes, and, and uh, engineers about uh, engineering plant and equipment, about the, the application of that plant and equipment, in, and, and some old 
planting equipment that can be applied in new ways now, simply because of the way in which the control systems can, can handle that sort of thing. But then moving also to software solutions in things like asset management, asset health of, of planting equipment, and how do you manage the data from, from these sorts of systems. But we also provide systems for energy trading, energy balancing, uh, which are predominantly software, uh, predominantly software solutions. And they can be used by, by the large system operators uh, and increasingly, of course, by the distribution companies who themselves will be system operators. In a future where the end user is actually, I hate the word prosumer, but you know that word, yes. where they produce, it's a terrible word, but a terrible portmanteau. But when you have a big retailer or a hospital or something like that doing a lots of this sort of generating and controlling using EVs, do you see your role as being basically now, um, I don't know, kind of a technological conduit rather than being the people that give them the kit? Is that what you're trying to say? I think there's, I think there's, there's two parts to this equation. One is for sure the plant and equipment that is needed for still this that. to happen. Right. And you mentioned EVs. I mean, yeah. And ABB is the world's largest uh, producer of, of high and fast charging uh, 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 DC equipment for electric vehicles, okay. whether that be cars, buses, trucks, whatever. So that's very, very much core business. But it is then how is that applied in a network? So if 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 one can imagine, uh, you know, a street full of um, electric vehicles, mm. and you plug them all in instantaneously, you then have to have some smart system, yeah, some an app or something, digital yeah. system mm -hmm. to 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 enable that to happen because the infrastructure itself is not capable of providing power to 50 electric vehicles all plugged in at the same time. So some electric vehicles might be, might be charging, others might be uh, supporting the network and, and, and actually you know, charging back onto the network. And, and I think the interaction between the network, your smart car, your smart home, your digital home, that is the direction of travel for future. And you mentioned earlier about what sort of customers mm. ABB might have. We, we might have um, grid edge companies who want to, to do that in a particular location. We might end up having to trade with uh, the Uber type companies, companies who want the service, but perhaps don't want the asset. And how, how does that then impact us? So, and that's something we're very conscious of. I want to ask you a question I've asked other CEOs of big sort of companies is that as this revolution happens and more tech companies bring in things, we've seen it and you've seen it yourself, yeah. are you going to be outnumbered? Are you going to be dinosaurs where basically because of the nature of the business and how big you are, you're slower to react? Or you, do you think you'll still be relevant? I, my belief is we will be relevant. We are making ourselves relevant. We are moving in the direction of that goal, whatever the relevance looks like in five years time, 10 years time. We have a, a, a set of value uh, values within our organization. One of them, or one of the pairs at least, is innovation and speed. You know, we have been innovators. It's quite so, difficult with big companies to be speedy though, isn't it? Uh, well, yes, it, well it is, you know, or, and, and it can be, but in particular areas, we, we have moved things forward very, very quickly. We've been innovators ever since the day we were born. You know, we, we, we were the first to produce high voltage AC systems, the first to produce high voltage DC systems. Uh, that, that, that innovation from a technological point of view hasn't really changed. 
But the way in which we apply this now, we have to be quick and fleet of foot, uh, more so than ever before. Um, just before we end, a couple of questions that obviously that are relevant with what's going on, but with Brexit and whatever may happen with Brexit and whatever Brexit we get, do you see that that is an issue where policy will directly affect how you, you work? Or do you see it the other way, which is what I've heard from some people in industry, which is, well, whatever happens, this direction we're going in, as you said, is going to happen. Maybe Brexit will facilitate or go against it for a while, but that direction is still going. We just have to make our plans around it. How do, how do you see it? I'd, I mean, from a, I mean, Brexit is one of these imponderables at the moment because where, where, we, where we sit, we actually don't know the answers. And I think that's one of the issues we have. I would like a lot more certainty from government. And maybe when the white paper comes out, of course, then we will understand what happens. Wouldn't we all, as they say? <laughs> when we do. <laughs> so, 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 there's, so, so there's, there's part of that. I think, I think we, we need certainty and direction. We are a global organisation. So we, we transfer yeah. a lot of people around the businesses and, and therefore free movement of, of, of people is, and skills, of course, is clearly important from, from an organisational point of view. But if you look at the opportunities in the UK, you look at the UK market, the energy market as a whole, and it is one of the most innovative uh, around the globe. We, we see the UK... You still think that, do you? Oh, absolutely. We, we, we see the UK as one of the, perhaps the top five markets where, where a lot of this transition Despite is. its really small size globally. In spite, yeah, but it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of innovation happens in the UK. Mm. There's some fantastic work going on in the universities around the UK. Uh, regulation is, is perhaps more open than it is in, in, in some places. And a lot of the, the other countries have still very much nationalised corporations. So it, it, is, it is a market that is, that is quite interesting. And, and we see it, as I say, as probably one of the top five. And I think there lies some huge opportunities for an organisation like ours, but also for Energy UK Limited. And finally, to end, uh, I always kill a question for CEOs because they normally do a five-year term like politicians. All right, I'll give you a ten, five, ten years' time. Uh, where will I see ABB? Will I be sort of, I don't know, getting my phone charged by some charging point that's a... Uh, wireless charging by ABB, are you still going to be around, what are you going to be doing? What's, what's your view if you could project forward and go, I know where I'm going to take this company in the next few years? I think uh, if you look at ABB charging, right, can you charge your phone on ABB? Yes you can and you can do it now at Heathrow Airport. Right, so, <laughs> Good so, plug. Right, right. Um, but if you, if, you, if you look at, if you look at uh, I'll, I'll give you an example, we, we're, we're, we're now the global sponsor of Formula E. Right. That's a seven year deal. Yeah. Uh, it is, you look at the technological transformation of electric vehicles mm. over that period of time and ABB is front and centre of that, of that revolution. And I think if you look at the sort of technologies that we're developing now, you will see ABB as a much higher profile organisation in the UK, very much focused on digital solutions for customers, still in those key areas, still in utilities, still in industry and still in transport and infrastructure. And I think probably what we will need to do is to look at financial solutions, perhaps, that enable us to trade with those up-and-coming disruptors in the energy sector in a way that perhaps we've never had to do before. But still very relevant. Still very relevant. Ian, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Sumit. <laughs>